Hello and welcome to episode 107 of the Conversations with Ross podcast. I'm Ross Carey. Thanks for listening. Thrilled to be joined right now by Nathan Darrow. Nathan is an actor who's all over Netflix right now as he plays Meacham on House of Cards. Nathan, thanks so much for taking the time to join the podcast today. Thanks for having me on. Well, let's start at the beginning, Nathan. Tell me what initially attracted you to acting in the first place. Well, I, I have to admit that it was the attention at first. I think I was a bit of a ham as a kid. Um, not that that's completely gone away, um, but um, there was an opportunity, I think, I think it's as far back as nursery school, I can recall being taught some song and um, just uh, loving that day in nursery school because, uh, I don't know, I got a charge from performing, I guess. So were you doing plays and acting all throughout your childhood? No, not exactly. Kind of what happened was um, I didn't I didn't really get serious about acting until I got to high school. Um, I was fortunate in that my high school had a really, really exceptional uh, drama department where um, they just produce a lot of plays and it was it was taken pretty seriously by the teachers and um, they started giving me opportunities pretty early on. And um, it was a lot of fun. You mentioned being a ham. Have you ever pursued comedy? <laughs> uh, of course. Yes. I've, I've, I've done plenty of comedy. Yeah. Um, not of late. Uh, the last few years, it seems like um, I've, I've been mostly in the, um, mysterious, brooding, serious category. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> as, as you can see, but, um, I had, uh, about, uh, six years of my career. This is, this is recently, I, I kind of moved back to New York about five years ago, but before that I was in my, my hometown of Kansas city where I, I acted professionally for about six years and, I was pleased to do, you know, a variety of roles in a variety of styles. Um, you know, I would go from Shakespeare to something kind of edgy contemporary to, you know, a uh, cross-dressing farce, uh, you know, in dinner theater. So I love doing comedy. Well, let's talk about that because a lot of people will email me on an occasion and say, you know, I'm stuck in Missouri. I'm stuck in Ohio. How do I become a working actor and not move to L.A. or New York? How can you be a professional actor in some place like Kansas City? You you do the work of, of an actor, which means I think you um, work on your craft however you can. Um, and that's with, you know, getting with people and then getting yourself seen by a community. I mean... I mean, I said before how fortunate I was. I mean, I'm I'm fortunate to have been from Kansas City and to have like decamped there when I was at a place where I kind of thought maybe I was going to give up the game. And, uh, you know, Kansas City happens to be, um, you know, a great, great uh, theater community of of a size where you know, one can begin to get known and, you know, um, have kind of great opportunities because, uh, as I'm sure many people know, you know, the LA's and the New York's are just, you know, they're just gutted with actors. <laughs> there's, there's so many that you have to, you kind of have to get lucky and, and 
you know, who knows about that, right? Um, I would say, I would say, get yourself to Kansas City or get yourself to St. Louis or get yourself to Louisville, Kentucky. You know, people are doing it there and they're serious about it. You can, you can learn a lot and you can experience a lot. You mentioned thinking about quitting, which is something that a lot of the actors have come on and talked about. What was going through your mind when you were thinking about quitting? Mostly what was going through my mind was that I came to a point, uh, I guess personally and artistically, when I felt that I didn't have much in the tank, you know, when I was walking into rooms. Um, and I all of a sudden felt that I didn't have uh, anything of, mm, uh, I wish I could express it better, but of, of value to contribute to, you know, whatever like project I was being seen for or, or whatever I was working. I mean, it's, it's this very, it's, it's a very treacherous thing when, um, you know, when you're trying to make it and, you know, you're getting rejection for whatever reason. And let's say, for instance, you might internalize that. It's almost like a seesaw can go, you, you like reach a tipping point and then all of a sudden there, there feels like there's not much to act from, that all you're, all you're kind of acting from is, is like desperation of ego, if you will. When you decided to pursue a career as an actor, did you think it would be easy? Did you think like, oh, I'll clearly have a sitcom or a show in a year and then I'll just transition into features? Was that sort of those delusions of grandeur a part of your thinking early on? No, I, would, I wouldn't say specifically that. But I did, I did have the delusion that I would work enough, you know, not necessarily, um, not necessarily being paid a lot or not necessarily on, you know, super big stages, but that I would, um, that I would be, that I would be used, you know, I mean, in the best possible way, kind of consistently so that I could, you know, get better and better. Um, but it, you know, it turns out that there's so many factors and there's so much competition that, you know, quote unquote, the business, they're kind of very happy to ignore you for, for you know, sometimes. And that's tough to take, you know. Nathan, I want to shift focus to House of Cards. Tell me about how this part came to be for you. This part came to me because I was fortunate enough to be uh, cast in the Bridge Project um, which was which was a um, a co-production between Brooklyn Academy of Music and the Old Vic Theater, where um, they took um, combination American and British cast and worked on classic work. Um, and Sam Mendes' production company was also involved, and he he directed the the like three. Uh, incarnations of the bridge project and I was cast in the third one which the play was Richard III with Kevin Spacey and we started in London and then we toured the world and then we ended up uh, at Brooklyn Academy of Music but it was at some point during the tour that they were beginning to cast House of Cards and um, so Kevin put uh, put me up for it like you know so I went in for casting when we were in the United States and then um a few weeks later, I went in for David Fincher, and um, a few weeks after that, um, I got the part and started shooting. Tell me about that audition for David Fincher. How does he run his auditions? Well, I was extremely nervous, of course, um, but I remembered that he was on his feet a lot <laughs> and sort of moving around, and 
hitting me with, you know, maybe 25 or 30 extremely smart adjustments uh, within the span of about a minute and a half. So it was extremely exciting to try to, you know, grab on to even one or two of them. Is it distracting when you see the director, whoever's running the audition, sort of pacing around as you're you're trying to audition? Well, it wasn't that he was pacing around when I was auditioning. It was more, you know, between takes. He would be, you know, up on his feet, you know, kind of moving around. Um, But no, I mean, I I, personally, I appreciate, you know, uh, that energy and that and that passion for, you know, what one is going for. I asked Rachel Brosnahan, who plays Rachel on the show this yesterday, I want to get your thoughts, because my wife and I were talking about who's actually a good person on House of Cards. Do you think Meacham is a good person, your character? Oh, man. I don't think that, um, I don't think that the world of the show is uh, simple enough for anybody to be, you know, good, I I dare say, or bad. I mean, I, I know that, you know, Kevin's character is uh, has his own <laughs> amoral direction, let's say. <laughs> but but I mean, the, it's part of why it works is because we're in that ambiguous place where I think um, uh, what one of the things I think that Bo Willimon is is a master at, and and I think you see this even in his plays is. He shows like the last light of a person, you know, or the or the last light within a community as it dies out, <laughs> you know, um, or as it's as it's challenged. And I think there's a lot of those, um, a lot of those in the show. I mean, Stamper, you know, I think this last season was it, his journey was incredible because, you know, I think that, you know, we saw his his obsessing. Um, over Rachel, but there's some heart in that, and there's some beauty in that, which is kind of is, is kind of unex, unexpected, isn't it? I mean, it, that's not all bad, you know. I mean, that's that's uh, that's a wish for someone to transcend their, shall we say, spiritual circumstances. So I, I just don't think that you can say good or bad about any of these people. What did Bo and David, for that matter, or any of the producers involved, tell you about Meacham, your character, when you first got the part? How much did they know ahead of time? I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure that they knew a lot. Um, it seemed like they were mostly interested in what this relationship is—the relationship of security and client, um, especially in kind of the upper levels of power. And how that person who is, you know, driving the car and picking up your good days and your bad days and, and is, is of course trying to do their job, but, um, how that proximity, uh, affects both people. So I think as far as who he was or who he is, I wasn't really told much, um, and it, it, I think it's brilliantly opaque in, in the writing, you know, even, even up through what we're through, I think a lot of mystery about him remains, which I like. Just about all of your scenes are with 
Kevin Spacey, Robin Wright, or both. Tell me about Kevin's approach to scene work and Robin's approach to scene work. Well, you know, if if um, either of those two had some talent, you know, maybe we'd have a show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're amazing to watch um, and amazing, amazing to work with. Kevin's approach is, as I see it, is is a wonderful mixture of the loose and the and the very focused, you know. And Robin, Robin's not completely unlike that, as I see it. There's a, you know, you, you watch an actor like before action, right? And there's not like a holding or a tension. It's more like this is going to be born. This is going to be born right here. Um, and for me, that's a great thing to be around because one of the things I struggle with is, um, you know, sort of deciding too much and trying to trying to get it as I see it. Whereas, you know, these are two actors that are, you know, are ready to let fly. Um, it's, it's very exciting. Robin also directed an episode. What was she like as a director? Oh, she's wonderful. You know, what I loved, what I loved about her most was that, um, obviously somebody who understands, uh, acting day to day, you know, what I think what she really got was that, uh, um, you know, the choices that we come in with and the ideas that we come in with as actors, um, we are not married to them ever, you know? And, um, it's great to have somebody who understood that. So she was, she was not bashful about saying, you know, Hey, here's something brand new, you know, because I think actors are, I am anyways, I'm, I'm often very hungry for the other way to do something, even if it's, even if it's very different from what I'm doing. And she was passionate about, um, leading us, leading us in that way. This next few minutes is going to contain a few spoilers for season two. So if you're not caught up yet, uh, you can skip ahead a few minutes. But I do want to ask you about the infamous threesome scene with Kevin and Robin. When did that sort of come about in the planning of the show? And when did you know that was going to happen? When did I know it was going to happen? I knew it was going to happen, um, I feel like, a few days or maybe a week before they they wrote they wrote that episode. Um, I think we were shooting the episode that Robin directed, which is, which is where, you know, the kind of the closeness between, uh, Frank and Meacham, you know, enters a, um, kind of naughty place, uh, let's say. And that's when during a break once, uh, you know, Bo kind of took me aside and said, so, so this is kind of where it's going. And you do that scene and, was that awkward? Was it an awkward day on set? Or was everyone just like, this is the plot point and this is how it, have to, it has to be? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was, there was a little extra focus um, on it. And there were a lot of great jokes from the crew leading up, uh, you know, <laughs> after they had read it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we, we spent a good amount of time, um, myself, Rob and Kevin, John Coles and Bo, you know, sort of talking through it. And, uh, you know, by the time we got to, to doing it, I think we had, we had a, a choreography, if you will, that we all, we all were behind and then, and then shooting it, shooting it was, was not as, let's say awkward or 
difficult as or as one might expect it to be. Were you happy with how season two ended? Oh yeah, of course. Did you find yourself even, you know, you're in the show, obviously, but as someone that's watching it and reading the scripts, rooting for Frank Underwood? Are you rooting for Kevin Spacey's character? Yeah, I think it's very hard not to root for Kevin Spacey's character in spite of yourself. Yeah, yeah, you are. I mean, and I think that, oh gosh, it's so interesting in the way that um, the president, uh, Garrett, is is painted, I think it's quite brilliant. I think by the end, you do kind of see the picture of a man who, hmm, for everything, gosh, he he really doesn't belong in this job. I mean, it's sort of, it's too bad that he was, you know, kind of taken down the way he was taken down. But I think you start to see somebody who, you know, maybe just isn't suited for it. Again, it's uh, the dialogue one has with oneself watching the show, the moral dialogue is complicated. Nathan, I want to mix things up a little bit. Tell me about your worst audition experience. Okay. Uh, th- this is in that period preceding, um, you know, my, my first attempt to retire from acting. And I was, I was just feeling very beaten down, uh, you know, just personally, like I had nothing, I had nothing going. And, uh, I went in for, um, a production of Mary Stewart. Okay. Which is, uh, this very, very intense tragedy by Frederick Schiller. And I played this role that was like a, a, uh, he was like a religious zealot and he was completely, completely devoted to Mary. And it was this, you know, intense scene where he's, he's, he's pleading with her, pleading with her, pleading with her. And it was just like nothing. So I'm just faking it, faking it, faking it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And, uh, I get through it once. And, uh, the, the director stops and she says, okay, Nathan, good. So, so try it again and, and just remember this. The things that he's saying, he actually believes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just kind of, you know, I just kind of went deader in the face. And, and I, you know, I had this impulse to say to her, you know, I wish we could talk about why I'm completely incapable of doing that, but this is not the time, uh, nor the place. Uh, and so I, I, I soldiered on, but you know, it's just those auditions when you feel like, you know, well, when I feel like, uh, Garrett Walker and, and I feel my goodness, I've, I've picked the wrong job or, you know, do you feel like you've changed your audition style from when you first started and you were first auditioning? Have you adapted or adjusted the way you audition at all? Yeah, I mean, I think as I've gained experience as an actor and as I've grown as a man, you know, it's it's gotten my auditioning has gotten um, more effective. I think just because I don't know, you get more you get more comfortable with things that are surprising, and you you start to wish for things that are surprising. And those things sometimes come in the form of what you might have termed mistakes or what you might have, you know, you might have thought of as, you know, oh, that's not it. That's not it. But, you know, usually that's that's your way forward. That's your key because there's a next moment coming up, you know. As I become a better actor, I think I become a better auditioner. When you look at your career now, is there anything that you would do differently? Yeah, I mean, I, this is, I'm sure, old answer, but um, I would have been, um, I would have been more focused on uh, looking for the fun in it all. You know, I, 
I was even more kind of dutiful and serious when I was starting out. Um, still, this is, you know, a process of burning this off of myself as an actor. But that's what I would, that's what I think I would say to myself is I would say, you know, above all, you know, look for what is, what is fun and buoyant in this rather than what is like intense or, you know, get it right, do it well, that thing. Yeah, and I imagine it's tough. You mentioned like your last few years you've been playing like brooding parts and but you're interested in comedy. Do you feel like you're getting almost typecast now where the roles you're getting offered to read for are Meacham like characters? You know, I, I, I try to approach things that, you know, it's a lot of this stuff is up to me uh, to pursue. And, and, and I'm, I'm doing that. I actually uh, I had a fantastic experience. My wife kind of nepotized me into this uh, performance on the Lower East Side, uh, this like lab performance. It was a brand new play. And, and we did we did five performances uh, where I played Lenny Bruce. Uh, it was this kind of like Lenny Bruce in his imagined afterlife, you know, that was, that was quite a change. It was, it was wonderful to, to look through those eyes, you know, that are, that are obviously very different from the eyes of a Meacham or a Edmund or something like that. Is being a working actor what you expected it to be? I don't know what I expected it to be. I don't know. It's, it's difficult. And, uh, I, and I, I think I enjoy its difficulty. I don't, I don't think I would, I don't think I would be satisfied if it was, if it was easy all of the time. Um, but maybe I thought, maybe I thought for a second way back when that, you know, I would, I would figure it out, you know, I would figure it out and I would, I would hit this magical stride and, you know, that would be that, but it's, uh, you know, it's a craft. So there's as, as deep as you've gone, you know, you can go deeper. You can have more fun. You know? You've been listening to Nathan Darrow. Watch him on Netflix and the excellent show House of Cards. Nathan, thanks so much for taking the time to join the podcast today. Thanks, Ross. 